Good afternoon. This is Dr. Charles Benz, and I'm your host on today's program, Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. Every week we try to present a topic that's interesting to as many people as possible, that uh, brings new science and new ideas that can be used every day by people to gain better health. And sometimes we bring in a guest. Uh, the last couple of months, we've brought in John Barson, who's the editor of Total Health Magazine. And if you go on the internet and do Dr. Ben slash Total Health Magazine, you'll find 30 or 40 uh, articles there that John has helped to put together for us. And uh, the last couple of months, he's been helping on the radio program, and we've been having some good discussions about different topics. And today's topic is questions to ask your doctor. And uh, why do you think people need to ask those questions, John? And when should they do it? Before they've hired the doctor or after they've already decided what doctor they want? Well, I think, uh, and uh, good afternoon, Charles. I think that, um, yeah, first thing is, is maybe have a better understanding of uh, the different types of doctors that are available as opposed to just going to the doctor, I think that people need to t take some a serious amount of time to think about and investigate their healthcare practitioner, because there are very different doctors out there. Yeah, and I think you're right. Um, I know a lot of people who use multiple health practitioners, and so they may have a nutritionist, they may have an MD, they may have a chiropractor or an acupuncturist. And that's one of the ways that I think that people try to manage the information that they need. The problem is that uh, there's usually not someone that coordinates all of that. And so they're getting these separate opinions uh, from different doctors. And I don't think there's a, uh, an affinity for having those discussions be shared back and forth. And so people are kind of doing their independent thing. And I think that no matter what doctor uh, from whatever discipline is being selected, there are questions that should be asked ahead of time instead of just relying on referrals. Referrals are good uh, as long as the, the really people you respect are giving those referrals. But I still think there's an interview process that every patient should go through in discussing things with their doctor. and. One of the things I think could start us off on this is a discussion with a medical doctor, most likely. Um, and, and the topic might be breast cancer. Uh, a lot of people have a concern about breast cancer. Women have, have a great concern about it. And so if your existing doctor is not somebody who's up on breast cancer, then maybe you need to think about getting a separate doctor generally, or maybe a separate doctor to deal with your concerns about breast cancer. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yes, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I think as well, uh, um, one thing I've noticed, a trend that I've noticed is that more and more clinics are becoming more holistic, shall I say, uh, where they've got uh, the allopathic doctor who's um, uh, 
special specializes or is disease oriented, right? That's uh, your typical conventional medicine doctors, disease oriented, um, more inclined to treat the symptoms with drugs. Let me put it that way, as opposed to a functional medicine doctor or a holistic approach where it's health oriented and preventative. Uh, for sure, I know when my, my eye went uh, last fall or last summer, some, at some point last year, I had blood um, in my eye and I went blind. And I have to tell you, I absolutely freaked out. <laughs> I was going crazy. I was like, ah, oh, my eye. Right. Like, um, I was terrified, literally terrified. And uh, I didn't go to um, a chiropractor. I went to an eye specialist, right? So... I did not follow that up with going to um, a naturopathic doctor, a functional medicine doctor, and ask them, though, if there's something I can do with my diet or my um, supplementation or, you know, something to um, maybe help prevent that in the future. Well, you needed to get a diagnosis first. I mean, that's one of the things that specialists can do is that they usually know what tests to, uh, to recommend. And then you can always go back and try to find the integrative or the holistic doctor to try to give you some of those natural solutions. Um, in the case of, of um, breast cancer, I think most women, uh, probably after the age of 20 or 25, should be thinking about uh, breast uh, protection and health protection related to their breasts because as we now know, women are recommended to start mammograms in their 40s and 50s. And what we, what we found out is cancer starts in, the, in usually the 20s, uh, late 20s of a woman, when the cells are getting stressed and starting to move in the direction of, of cancer. And so this is one of the things that uh, if you have a family doctor, then kind of doctors get handed off to the next generation. And or a friend says, you know, so-and-so doctor is really good, and you go, and if you have a personality or emotional match with that doctor, then you feel good because that doctor gives you comfort and, and, and says the right things. But to me, that's not the right approach to find a doctor. You have to find the smartest doctor and the one that's the most progressive using the most advanced tests and being able to look at disease from a whole body perspective. And so my first question to a doctor, if I was a woman, would be, what's the cause of breast cancer? And I want to see what that, what that doctor says, because that one question can be the screening tool for, for deciding whether that's the doctor that you want to have talking about you and your health, and especially health related to breast. Are you going to tell us the answer <laughs> or keep us in suspense? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think you probably know that uh, it, it, it's about a hormone imbalance a lot of times in the body. It's about toxins in the body. It's about radiation. Uh, it's about genes. You know, there are certain women that are more susceptible to breast cancer, about 5%, because they have the BRCA gene. So you want a doctor that knows all of that. And, and, and can say, um, yeah, uh, I, we understand uh, how breast cancer occurs. And I think the second question would be, how reliable is mammography? Should that be the test that I use to find out whether my breasts are healthy or not? And it's amazing 
because yesterday I actually was writing up the description uh, for the for the program yesterday, and I was actually we gave a topic on this. Uh, we, we got a discussion on this uh, a few weeks back, and that's when they air after a couple of weeks. Anyway, there was a whole discussion about thermography, and one of the listeners who actually reads the descriptions wrote me back and said, we, we had our employees recommending or asking for thermography, and we asked for an opinion from the insurance company, and they wrote us back this whole dissertation about why it wasn't advisable to have thermograms instead of mammographies. And so then that person said to me, do you have something to rebut this person? Well, I, I sent that I sent that person my whole PhD thesis on breast cancer and thermography. <laughs> and so um, I think if the doctor doesn't know what the science of thermography is, where you can have a, a breast exam using infrared uh, heat and light, um, and how it can find uh, cells changing eight to 10 years before a mammogram can see anything, then that's not the doctor you want to think about working with. You want to get rid of that doctors and, and move on to the next one ASAP. That, that's that's my opinion. I, I don't know how you how you feel about that. Oh, I agree completely. I agree completely. I mean, I've I've related my my asthma story in the past where I was on prednisone and inhalers and all these different steroids and drugs and whatnot for my asthma, and it was the day I met a, a naturopathic doctor. Uh, it changed, it literally changed my, the turning point in my life and my health because he got me off of everything and eliminated my asthma. If I kept going with my allopathic doctor, I would, I'd probably be dead by now because that was in 2000. Well, that's the other thing about thermography. It can actually diagnose about 200 diseases. And so in, in early stage, because it, it's looking at cells that are heating up. And these cells that are heating up in the body, either from inflammation, wherever inflammation is occurring, those are signals that the body's in stress and it's trying to resolve this stress and um, it's creating a heat profile. So in your thermography, this will come up as a white or red on the screen. If everything comes up green and, and there's no problem, uh, then your cells are all, all fine. But as little as 200 cells heating up in the breast in a, con, in a confined area represents a potential threat for cancer. And so one of the questions that the person asked was, uh, is it a diagnostic tool? And I said, no, it's not a diagnostic tool. It's a physiological assessment of the cells in the breast. And as a physiological assessment, there are 800 studies showing the benefit of having breasts examined with thermography. And it's actually approved by the FDA as an adjunct therapy. And that means you use it. And then if you, if you want to confirm, then you have a ultrasound or a mammogram. Well, that doesn't make any, any sense really because 200 cells can be diagnosed in thermography. You need two billion cells for an ultrasound and you need four billion cells for a mammogram. That's like five years later for an ultrasound and eight to 10 years later for a mammogram. And, and even at that, the, the thermogram 
is 95% effective, uh, effectiveness, and the mammogram is only 65% effective. And so it's just crazy uh, for women to even think about uh, using anything but thermography. And that was kind of all the articles that I, that I sent and all the information I sent kind of backed that up. So uh, I think those are like the first, you know, three, three, two or three questions that, you, that, that any woman should ask. Uh, Actually, if I, if I may, if I may, um, make a recommendation too to the listeners. Uh, you can go to the breastthermographycenter.com. The breastthermographycenter.com is Dr. Hillary Smith, who is also a contributor to Total Health Magazine and um, very, very uh, smart lady up on the technology and has been doing breast thermography for years. And she has a lot of information. So if you have questions, she's got a fact list there. Uh, she's got descriptions, video, um, her interview that we did. Uh, so take a look at that for additional information because you probably don't have Charles's PhD thesis lying on your kitchen table. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just guessing there. That's a, no, no, it, <laughs> putting it, that out there. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't really a thesis as much as it was the research could have been in, in a thesis because there was so much of it that I pulled together so quickly because I've been I've been working on cancer for ten or fifteen years now. And I just, you know, got invited to give a keynote address at the uh, Annie Appleseed Conference next February. And it's actually my fourth or fifth uh, uh, keynote address there in the last 10 years. And so I think they like uh, the information that I bring because I, I try to bring them new things. And um, I, I think that uh, the questions that I'm talking about today, they're going to be incorporated into it because there'll be over three or 400 women there and they're all going to probably have an oncologist and so i don't want to insult their oncologist or insult them but i want to say look if if you suspect that your doctor may not be up on some of the things that i'm going to talk about today maybe you should find someone who is and so and now with the with the internet i mean you can get virtual uh doctors uh, all over the country that are specialists in these kinds of things. So that's another thing that people should think about. It doesn't have to be physical in your location. That's actually a really good point because even if you did, they needed a test done, you typically go to a lab anyways, and uh, that doctor will then get the results as well. So there's there's really no reason in most cases, um, unless you need a, an actual physical exam, like a real physical exam, you, you could use a, um, a virtual doctor. That'd be great. Well, and, and one of the things that we have now that we didn't have a couple years ago when I did my last Annie Appleseed uh, uh, presentation was I developed two tests now, uh, one a basic uh, cancer test and one an advanced cancer test. And so if, if a woman gets a thermogram and, and sees that there's some cells that are heating up, wouldn't it be great to know what biochemical reactions were going on in the body that were causing that? And so that's where the test can come in because now you get not only your vitamin D3 levels, which is probably the number one thing that you wanna have, what, what your levels are, but it also gets your hormone levels, it gets your toxic, it gets your uh, DNA damage levels uh, in your body so that we know well, what, what, whether you've been insulted by radiation and by uh, chemicals over the past many years. So you get an idea of where to start your journey. Uh, we know 
that most of the good doctors, like the one you mentioned, will say, you know, you need to get on a plant-based diet and you need to get on uh, natural hormones if necessary, plant-based hormones if necessary. And so they'll give you some really general, but you know, this is a personal thing and your body can have different things going on in it. So the general strategy is good, but finding out what's actually going on in the biochemistry of your body, that's crucial because then you get a chance to really address those things specifically. That's, that's why I'm so excited about, uh, about the stuff I'm working on in cancer because I'm finding out I can develop those kind of tools. All right, what, what do you think about, well, there's also the Institute for Functional Medicine, for the functional medicine doctors, and they do have a searchable uh, database. You can search by zip code. I just checked in Bellingham here and I, I got a number of uh, quite a few doctors that I could pick from if I was in Bellingham, Washington, um, that are functional medicine doctors as opposed to allopathic doctors. And a lot of them are online too. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I don't want to throw everybody into the same uh, folder here uh, for doctors just with a category like functional or holistic because I know from my experience there are, there are really great functional medicine doctors and there are ones that are not that good. Of course. And so I think uh, people should be looking for descriptions. In other words, if you go there and you find, let's say you find like you did five or six doctors that fall into that general category of holistic or functional, see what they're saying. See what's on their website. See if they have actual articles that they've written. See if they're specializing in something. You know, if they're specializing in nerves or endocrinology or something else, and it's not re related, then maybe you don't want to go there. But if, if you get that, that this is a doctor that, that does pre-cancer pre -cancer screening and, and actually men mentions thermography in the office, those are the kind of clues that you're kind of looking for. That you can say, oh, okay, I'm getting the idea that this person might be. Then you interview that person uh, on the phone if you can. Then you maybe interview one or two of the others. Then you'll get an idea because then you can start to ask your questions. You don't want to go for an office visit and pay three or $400 just to get your questions answered to find out that, you know, this is not a good fit for you. Right. So I don't know what about, how, hey, how you well, do it. I got a question for you then. What about Yelp reviews? The reason I ask that is because we get requests for submissions for articles uh, quite often, very often. And I, re I remember some time ago, I got a, an email from um, a dentist that wanted to provide a few articles to Total Health Magazine on dental care and whatnot. And uh, so, of course, I research, I, I look into any professional that wants to offer services. And when I when I looked her up, her, like she had uh, on Yelp, there's five stars, correct? Well, her average was one star. There were about 15 Yelp reviews, and they were all terrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I, passed, I, I passed on her. <clears throat> I said, well, thank you very much, but um, if you can somehow deal with your Yelp reviews and improve your customer experience, then uh, you can get back to us. <laughs> she was trying to improve that experience by getting something published through you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I think we need to give some, some good hard advice to our people. And I know you're a big fan of vitamin D3. Mm. These, there, a couple Biggest. of studies came in early, uh, maybe back 10, 10 years ago even, that showed that um, levels of vitamin D3 in the body, uh, in the blood test of 50 to 90 nanograms 
were uh, in two medical schools, actually, they got a risk reduction of 77%. Lately, we've been seeing them that, that number raise into the sort of 80s, low 80s. And so if, if you can get your sunshine without you know, burning your skin and, and causing more problems, and, and you can take the right foods, uh, which are mostly f- uh, fish oils, uh, and even a supplement if you need to, if you can get it up into that 50, 60, 70 nanograms per milliliter, then that alone is going to reduce your risk of breast cancer, any cancer practically, by 70 or 80 percent. So that's the starting point. That's that's you know that is that is so crazy that that isn't taught to girls in <laughs> elementary school. Oh, you know, I mean, oh, like, oh, like oh. that is so. Uh, like why see, is that su- uh, why is that information suppressed? There are so many studies and on on vitamin D, phenomenal studies that prove how effective how effective it is. Oh, by the way, thank you for bringing that up about sunshine. I would like to point out to the to the ladies and the guys, um, you only your body uh, when it, you're out in. Um, the sun in the morning, uh, later in the morning, and you're exposing, like if you're in uh, shorts and um, a tank top, because you want to get as much exposure as possible, um, your body will generate between 20 and 30,000 I use of, of vitamin D in 20 minutes to half an hour. So you don't have to go out there for two hours, but the, I'm glad we're talking about this because EWG, the Environmental Working Group, uh, ewg.org, very important address, ewg.org, just published their, their list of uh, sunscreens for 2022. Ah. The good sunscreens and the very toxic, poisonous, and breast cancer-causing sunscreens. Wow, I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's important. Um, be- just posted it yesterday. I just got the email yesterday. Because I usually recommend for that tw- 20 minutes that they don't have any sunscreen on. And then when they, I'm with you. When, yeah. when they get their dosage, then put that really safe sunscreen on yes. for the rest of the time. Thank you. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant to no, say. No, no. I, I know that was yeah. absolutely your intention. <laughs> I understand that. Um, so, you know, we've, we've given some tips already. Um, uh, there's questions about soy. I mean, uh, a lot of people will read on the internet that, that uh, soy is great and it's a preventer of breast cancer, but a lot of the studies say that's only if you've had soy in your diet in the past. In other words, if your culture has uh, promoted the use of soy, then that's probably not a bad thing uh, to add more. But if you haven't ever had any uh, soy in your diet and you're 40 or 50 years old and you introduce it, it actually could be a disruptor of your hormone levels. And so that's another question that, that, that any really good medical doctor should be able to answer and be able to give you guidelines on whether you're a good candidate for more soy or not, not a good candidate. But Charles, isn't it, is this, correct me if I'm wrong, so I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the, in the cultures that actually, as you say, grow up with soy, are they not, um, they're generally um, consuming fermented soy or soy that's in, right? They're not eating just soy products. Because um, I think most of the soy products that are on the market in North America that are taking advantage of people's uh, misunderstanding of soy are not even, it's not fermented soy products. It's... 
You're right, but that's you know the Asians, especially the Japanese, they're very in, uh, very big into fermented products, and they have yes. one of the lowest cancer like rates in the world. You know, I mean the stuff that they, yes. the fermentation that they do, you and I wouldn't even think about eating some of the stuff that they eat that's fermented. Um, but <laughs> yes, I, I think I think that generally everybody should be eating some fermented foods every day because it's so vital for the for the microbiome and for the gut. So that's one of the things we can throw out there. If you can eat two things a day that are fermented, even better, even better. Um, now, a lot of women of a certain age, 40, 50, uh, they get uh, hormone replacement therapy, but we know that a lot of those hormones are generated from horse urine, and so we don't really recommend that. And a lot of studies have said it's really not the best way to get your hormones balanced. And so people can, women can go and get uh, a test, a saliva test or a blood test. I prefer the saliva because it's more accurate. The blood test actually uh, it uses a balancing process to try to make sure that everything's balanced in the blood. And whereas saliva is a, li a little bit more immediate and reactive. And so you can get that test from a compounding pharmacy. They'll tell you exactly what your hormone levels are and then they'll put you on a plant-based script and then about 30 days later they'll do another exam because your body needs a chance to adapt to these plant-based hormones so then after it's adapted then they can say okay now we want to put you on a more permanent uh, plant-based uh, formula and then after a year we'll test it again to see how your body's reacting so women should know that there are tests for, for your hormones that are blood and urine or uh, saliva, and we prefer the saliva. And they can get the plant-based hormones uh, from any compounding pharmacy, and hopefully we'll be able to keep that because uh, Congress is starting to make weird noises about prescription meds, which includes compounding pharmacies. And um, we hope that they don't take that away from us. Now, now just for the listeners, are you you're referring to bioidentical hormones? Yes. Because I think yes. that's the term that they're, if they're Googling, if they're searching for more information, they'll be looking up, looking up bioidentical hormones. Excellent. Excellent recommendation. That's absolutely true. I use plant-based sometimes, but uh, I think that's the term that probably that, that more people would probably tweak to that. Uh, so I think that's it. We already talked about the fact that women in their late 20s should be getting these kinds of questions answered. Stress is another thing that uh, kind of contributes to the, about 80% of chronic illness. So you should have your cortisol levels and you should have your adrenals tested. Uh, but you know, a good functional medicine doctor will have those tests. These tests are all in our, our cancer uh, tests that I mentioned previously. Um, and also new research coming out all the time on the use of oral contraceptives. And so I was suspicious about this for the last 10 or 15 years. And now the evidence is starting to point out that there's a really strong correlation between the women who get ovarian and or breast cancer and those who've been on oral contraceptives uh, for over 10 years. So I thought I should add that as a, as a factor. I just think that um, these questions, when you, when you look at, um, the overall uh, questions, in other words, these, these go back to whether you're looking at a chiropractor or an acupuncturist. 
they also need to have questions asked that may not be traditional for their discipline. And one of the first things that you want to ask those doctors is, how do you factor in nutrition to your chiropractic treatments? Uh, how do you factor in stretching? How do, you, how do you factor in exercise? Because I've been getting a lot of complaints about chiropractors who know how to adjust the body, but they don't know how to balance it and keep it in balance and keep it lined up the way that it's supposed to be. And that's, that's really a problem that I think uh, people need to understand. And the same with uh, acupuncture. It can okay. do certain things, but other things it can't okay. do. I agree. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to because I know we're going to run out of time. So I want to get on this. <laughs> um, this okay, so remember this, ladies and, and men. Like Everybody remember this. Smart women's choice. Repeat that to me. Smart women's choice. That's the website, Smart Women's Choice. I see that uh, it now uh, is patented. Uh, Smart Women's Choice, uh, we could do a whole show on this. Uh, I, I interviewed uh, this lady. Um, she is just uh, amazing. Um, I've got an article on it in, uh, in Total Health. Uh, the video is on our channel. Um, this is uh, Dr. Farron, uh, Dr. Farron. Um, uh, it, her story is just amazing. She wanted to become a doctor when she had an appendix, had uh, 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 her appendix removed when she was about seven years old, and uh, she she said the doctor made a mistake because they they said that it was her appendix that the, was the problem, and she oh, she took their word for it because she was seven years old, and then she said she wanted to take her appendix home, um, so please put it in a jar so she could take it home because it's hers. And <laughs> she took it home and she examined it with her dad, and she said, Dad, there's nothing wrong with it. The doctors made a mistake. And her dad's like, come on, they're doctors. They, they, they wouldn't have made a mistake. And then three months later, she had the same illness. Oh, wow. Yes, it was a gut problem that she had. But they took her appendix out, right? So she said, that's it. I'm going to be a scientist. Wow. And she eventually became a scientist in her late 40s. And the story is, you've got to, you've, yeah, I'm not going to say anymore. But here's what she did. Uh, when she was 92, I believe she was 92 years old when um, I interviewed her in her home in San Diego. Um, she was 92 years old when her best friend's daughter died from um, complications from her uh, dispensing. A dispensing, she had a vaginal dispensing birth control thing in there. And uh, trying to get the term, I can't remember the term. Uh, anyways, uh, created a blood clot, she passed away. So the birth control device literally killed her daughter. And uh, uh, Dr. Farron said, well, I'm going to go back into the lab because when she was going to, when she was enrolled in, uh, I believe it was Stanford in her 40s, uh, when she finally got into university, because it's a long story, the war, World War II, Austria, escaping with her mother at midnight, swimming across a river, towing her mother who couldn't swim when she was 14 years old. It was just it should be a movie. Her life should be a movie. So she went back to the lab and she created, recreated the formula she created for her own personal use because she was terrified she would get pregnant uh, when she was in university. And she wanted to finish university, which she did. And then she got a full ride scholarship to NYU Medical School. And then uh, immediately upon graduation was hired by Harvard um, Harvard Medical School as a researcher. So she became a scientist. Uh, but she created this Smart Women's Choice 
it's a an, it's a natural based and and I see now it's patented. It was not patented when I interviewed her, but it's on their website. Um, she's got thousands and thousands of women, many thousands of women, using that for birth control, and you just apply it um, when you're having sex after oral sex, if I may point that out, because it's soapy, and um, no pregnancies. And in the interview, what I also got was the science from the lab in Israel that tested her formula um, in the lab, and you can see how it works on sperm. It's just amazing. And it's a little tube, like a tiny little toothpaste tube. You just keep it in your purse. It's and just a smart woman's choice. I mean, it's very... Yeah, user-friendly. So no need for birth control unless if you're using smart women's choice. So ladies, look it up. I really insist on that. I'm going to share it with everybody on my list and uh, also with, uh, with these uh, medical cost-sharing companies that uh, we have one of them as our sponsors. So that's a fantastic thing to end on. Yeah, all of the women's health clinics in Israel are now using her product that wow. I know of. That's yeah. fantastic. What a great, what a great story, and what a great product! I hope that uh, all the women and men uh, were appreciative of what we were able to give them today, and your contribution again was exemplary. And so I thank you so much, John. We have four sponsors that helped us to get to this point, where we're having, uh, we're celebrating our second year uh, for Healing Trends with Dr. Benz, and uh, one of the sponsors is Southern Trust Financial Planning. And uh, they're a financial planning company in Sarasota that helps people build their portfolio if they have a business or they're independently em employed and they want to keep their uh, assets in place and growing. But they also are concerned about the health of their clients. And so for 20 years, uh, Mark Wolf and uh, his Southern Trust Financial Planning people have been making sure that they get the health information they need to stay as healthy and well as they possibly can. And so look up Southern Trust Financial Planning and uh, use them, uh, or at least consider them and interview them and see whether they are a good fit for you. Another company is Paddock Pools. Paddock Pools uh, is specializing in a vacuum extractor that actually takes chlorine gas off the surface of the pool so that about 95% of the gas can be removed and allowing swimmers to actually have very high oxygen levels in the air that they breathe during their swimming. And this is very important because that chlorine gas is very toxic and can cause cancer if you consume enough of it over a period of time. And so Paddock Pools in Rock Hill, South Carolina is the maker of this special vacuum extractor. And the third company is MPB Health. And MPB Health is a medical cost sharing company. And they actually are an alternative to health insurance. And so if you look them up on the internet and look at their 800 number and, and, and you have some questions to ask, find out what you, what you think about it. Because it looks like on average, they're getting about a 30 to 50% decrease in the cost of health insurance with the same services and even better services than you would be getting from your typical health insurance company. So MPB Health is one of the medical cost sharing companies that's on the rise in the country. And um, they're very strong in a few, a few states like Arizona and California and Florida, but uh, you know they're available throughout the country. And so look them up if you, if you need uh, to look for an alternative to your current health insurance. 
And then finally, DHA Labs. DHA Labs is a very progressive company that uh, provides blood tests and genetic tests and urine tests and other health tests. But they're progressive and they're looking for the early signs of illness. And so they've actually helped me develop five or six tests. Cancer was one of the ones that they helped me to develop. And so you can get their tests. They're very reasonably priced. Uh, sometimes they're not uh, cheap, <laughs> but these, some of these tests are very complicated and they really need to look into the biochemistry of the body in a serious way. And so DHA Labs is, I think they're the pros at this. And so look them up there in the Chicago area. They have their own doctors. You don't need to get a doctor's script in order to get these tests done. Uh, they're on my site at uh, drcharlesbenz.com. And you can get these tests ordered there. And then their doctor will help to uh, look at the results and let you know what's up. So those are our sponsors. We really thank them for their support. And uh, they've been with us, every one of them, since February of 2021. And we hope they continue for all of 2022. And uh, I hope, John, you'll be with us again soon. And we look forward to another stimulating discussion. Thanks for all our listeners. We're getting better uh, feedback from our listeners all the time, asking questions and asking us to give advice beyond what they were able to get from the radio show. So that's a really good sign. Thanks again, and we'll talk to everybody down the road. Bye for now.